You are now tuned into the DFPN, the Dat Fillin Podcast Network. Welcome and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Wrestling With My Thoughts. This is your host, Bread Like a King, made as Kelvin Cately. We are back with another installment here on the DFPN. I want to give a real quick shout out to the sponsors, Audio Swim, Get the Plugs, and Premier Element UAE. Thank you guys for rocking with us thus far. I hope you're liking what you're listening to. Thank you to all the people on the Patreon. By the way, this episode will be ad-free on the Patreon. If you go to www.patreon.com slash Podcast. Now, let's get into it. A little bit of a somber note. Uh, I'm not my usual upbeat self. Um, so, we had some uh, very unfortunate passings. Here in the uh, wrestling community, I want to acknowledge the great Pat Patterson, the late great Pat Patterson, um, contributed so much to the wrestling business, uh, was the creator of the Royal Rumble. He was the first holder of the Intercontinental Belt, uh, the famous Intercontinental Championship that has spawned Hall of Fame careers the likes of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Macho Man Randy Savage, The Ultimate Warrior, so on and so forth. A lot of those guys have held that title. He was the first. I want to acknowledge uh, him and what he did to the business, how he impacted it, and how he made it genuinely a better uh, product for us to watch, to be engaged to, to fall in love with. A lot of these moments that that you are captivated with are I they are direct results of Pat Patterson. The Royal Rumble is still to this day a high profile event because the winner uh, is solidified to go to WrestleMania. Um, nine times out of ten, that guy is going to become the next champion. And that idea is a child of Pat Patterson. So rest in peace and Godspeed to you, sir. Safe travels to your journey on the other side. Um, another one which I want to get into uh, here first and foremost. This will be my first segment. Um, a lot of you guys know him as Debo from Friday. And a lot of you are, he is a cultural icon that way. Uh, Tommy Tiny Lister Jr. passed away also a couple of days after um, Pat Patterson did. And before I ever knew him as Debo, I knew him as Zeus. And I cannot tell you how fucking terrifying that guy was to look at 
especially if you were a Hulk Hogan fan. I was a big Hulk Hogan fan back then. Um, just the mere sight of this guy was terrifying, terrifying. And I followed Hulk Hogan so much that uh, the movie that that they ended up um, starring in together was No Holds Barred, right? Very crappy movie. That movie is horrible. <laughs> Very horrible. But uh, if you are a Hulk Hogan fan, this was the first time where the saying, the prayers, and eating the vitamins and all that great shit, it didn't work, right? Because he had to go up against this monster named Zeus. And that guy was portrayed by uh, Tommy Lister. And when I tell you the fear that this man invoked when I first saw him, I was like, he's going to fucking kill Hulk Hogan. There's no way Hulk Hogan is going to survive this shit. No, not with not with Zeus. And his name was perfect because he was chiseled like a Greek god. He was big. Um, you You didn't really see any end to... A positive end to Hulk Hogan beating him, not back then. And then he does it. And then that further solidified that Hulk Hogan was right, like this all great being in the ring, right? That solidified Hulkamania. That further drove the point home. The movie did. Because even in the movie, there was like, you can't win with him. Like, it's not going to. It's not going to happen for you, Hulk Hogan. Zeus is going to freaking kill you. Fast forward, he actually appears on TV. So now this shit is all the way real to me, right? So I'm looking at Zeus come to the ring, beating his chest. Like, first and foremost, if y'all go on YouTube and look at the videos of when Zeus debuted in uh, WWF back then, now it's WWE. Go look on YouTube and look at Zeus arrives in WWF, right? This motherfucker is beating the shit out of his chest, bro. I'm not talking like like no Mandingo like Tony Baker like I'm the one that did that. No, 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 no. This this motherfucker is trying to actively stop his heart by beating the fuck out of his chest. And just like getting madder and madder. And it's just like, yo, they let this nigga out the movie, bro. Like, he's going to fucking murder Hulk Hogan live on T. Like, tears, my guy. Tears of fear and sadness for Hulk Hogan. It would be, it would be the wrestling's equivalent of the first time you see George Foreman. And you know Muhammad Ali has got to fight him next, right? Like, there's, like, results aside, I am like, yo, I don't, I, I, yo, it's, it's, Hogan's gonna die. He's gonna kill him. He is going to murder him. He is going to maim him. He is going to absolutely destroy him. <laughs> like you trying to be you trying to be all positive, but like your positivity is just it's not up to par, bro. When he came out and looking back at it now, it's so weird because uh once he once he passed away, I actually went back and looked at that match because 
you don't see people like this. Like they're supposed to live forever, and even even at his age, he was still a pretty muscular guy. You know what I mean? He wasn't as he wasn't as jacked as he was as Debo or um, or Zeus, but he was still a pretty big guy. And it's weird to see. It's weird to see it now. That match was fucking terrible, bro. It was so bad. <laughs> It was so horrible. <laughs> it was it was bad. He was so stiff, bro. He was greener than green. But he captivated the shit out of me. Like I I could not not be afraid of him. So much so that when he when I saw him as Debo and Friday, like I really legitimately got scared for Ice Cube. I'm like Man, why is why is Zeus playing this guy? That's not Debo, bro. That's Zeus, but he played the role well, right? Like you knew you wasn't just gonna fuck with with Debo, right? Just like you wasn't just gonna run up on Zeus. There ain't no way a sane human was gonna run up on Zeus at all. But that's that's a lot of credit to to his personality and how he carried himself both in and outside of the business because he was somebody that invoked fear but he was he was actually a nice a really nice guy and very very easy to work with uh so I'm told so there's a lot of fond memories from a lot of people about uh Tommy Lister and his legacy is going to live on but I just wanted to spend a little bit of time today talking about what he meant to me um not necessarily that he was he was a um a, like a scary person somebody to be afraid of it's just looking back at it he like he meant a lot to what the bad guy in wrestling was supposed to be like what I wanted him to be like he he was somebody like oh man you don't you won't come back from this. You know what I mean? Like, if he's in there, chances are you're going to fucking die. Like, he made it real for me. Um, so, thank you to Mr. Tommy Lister. May you rest in peace, my brother. And God bless your family. And may he keep his hand on them. But welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We got a good one for you here today. I have uh, one of the reasons... I fell in love with wrestling and continue to hold it dear to my heart to this day. I have a friend that I grew up with that became a professional wrestler. I'm going to have him later on in the show. I want to uh, give him some space to um, talk about his career because he's had a pretty interesting career. And for now, uh, we're going to take a break and we'll get right back to you guys on Wrestling With My Thoughts here on the DFPN. This episode is brought to you in part by Audio Swim. Go to audioswim.com today and upload your tracks for as little as $5 a track. Premier Element UAE. Go to www.premierelement.com and get your representation. They don't do just music, they do sports as well. And also, get the plugs Go to www.gettheplugs.com, enter in code INT15 on checkout, and you will get a 15% discount. 
Oh, and you don't have to pay for them up front. They also accept Suzzle. Now back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Wrestling With My Thoughts here on the DFPN. Once again, shout out to the sponsors, Get The Plugs, Audio Swim, and Premier Element UAE. Now, I wanted to get into something, uh, speaking on the guest that we have coming through here today, uh, this friend of mine, um, how big wrestling is in in certain territories, right? So, depending on where you grew up, there's, and how old you are, obviously, uh, there's a couple of territories that you may have grew up watching. And depending on the territory, was there was a star in every territory. Uh, Texas had Devon Eriks. Over in North Carolina, you had people like Ric Flair. Down in Florida, you had somebody. Memphis had Jerry Lawler. Uh, up in the Midwest region, they had their own kind of stars. And then every so often, you know, people will come together. Uh, we're kind of getting back to that. And me and my guests will talk about it a little bit later, but I kind of want to cover it now. Um, there is a, a changing of the culture, so to speak, at, around the wrestling industry. So right now, what you know is there is WWE and then unless you are really following it like everybody else is, uh, like the like the wrestling fans are, you pretty much only know WWE you or, or maybe AEW if you're like a casual wrestling fan. But the hardcore fans, there's there's so many companies, right? There's there's Impact Wrestling. There's Ring of Honor. There's New Japan. There's uh, MLW, there's GCW, there's all these little side promotions that that bring in stars and they call it the indie circuit now uh, because WWE is obviously a juggernaut. But these are your equivalent to the old school territories. And I think we're kind of starting to get back into that realm a little bit with the twist Right. So everybody, if you watch AEW, AEW has been uh, kind of letting people come in, especially with the COVID thing going on. They've been coming in and they've been working. That's AEW's olive branch to the rest of the wrestling industry. They are a major company, uh, quotation marks. Uh, They aren't on WWE's level yet, but they are getting there. But they are also extending their hand out to the smaller companies and allowing their stars to work with them like NWA NWA's champion the women's champion uh Thunder Rosa let's just say Thunder Rosa Serena Deeb is now the champion but Thunder Rosa was the one that made the NWA championship for the women uh a popular belt because she is a popular wrestler and she came in to work with AEW, put the spotlight on the women's division because it needed help. Um, and likewise, you're starting to see AEW's champion go to places like Impact and get their talent over. Uh, if you know New Japan, there it looks like they're reforming the Bullet Club, and there's so much yes in that that I can't. My soul is wanting this. 
So you're starting to see these little bitty working relationships. And if it happens the way that it keeps happening, WWE may be in trouble. Um, this past Monday, they had one of the lowest points in their in their show history ever, ratings-wise. Uh, and they may need to do something. SmackDown is their only holder right now. NXT is a good show, but it's not getting the numbers that SmackDown gets. They may need to do something. Something very, very, very major because these other companies are starting to form Voltron on that ass. They, they may be in trouble if they don't get it together and they've been employing this strategy before AEW was uh, conceived and thought of that they would go out, go to the indie circuit and they get up the, the indie stars of that circuit. They bring them into the promotion. They bring them into NXT and NXT was kind of like the indie circuit for WWE. They get up to the main roster and this is the biggest, the biggest problem with WWE's main roster right now, a lot of guys get called up and nothing happens. Point in case, Keith Lee. Keith Lee's up. He's going back to the Performance Center. Why? Because they want him to, to study. That's not a bad thing in that, but Keith Lee was an established star in NXT. He really was. Bask in My Glory was up there, dude. And if you watch his 24... He was he was doing big things, man. He 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 worked his way to to get where he needed to be, just to be sent back down. And that might that might not sit well with him. I can't talk for him, but he may come back with a chip on his shoulder, or likewise, he may feel like he made a mistake even coming to WWE, right? Because he could have went to New Japan, and now you're seeing all these companies flourish together. Uh, if New Japan and AEW develop a working relationship, that's going to be scary. It's going to be flat out scary because AEW and TNA, they already have a working relationship. Now you throw in uh, New Japan into the mix, you have a problem on your hands. A real life problem on your hands. You don't know. And they're starting to build stars on their own. Uh, Darby Allen's getting over. Yeah, you bring in a guy like a Sting, and a lot of people don't like that. But look, Sting is going to get Darby Allen over. You can't say that for any of the veterans that are coming in right now in WWE. They're taking main event slots. That is a completely different scenario, right? You know AEW doesn't function that way. You know a guy like Sting is going to impart knowledge. You know that. And you know Darby Allen's going to use that knowledge to get himself over, to make himself a star. And the fans will gravitate towards that. You have guys like John Silver and the Dark Order who are getting over. And then you mix that in with some of the dream matchups that you want to see. Right now, the women's division in Impact, best women's division in wrestling. Guess what that's helping out? AEW's women's division because they need the help. AEW has a lot of young stars. Impact has a lot of good tag teams. Guess what? You can impart those stars over to Impact, give them some ring knowledge, and then bring them back. Once COVID is over and these crowds start coming back, 
I know you don't want to hear it from me, but somebody's got to say it, man. It's going to get scary. It's going to be scary for WWE. But who am I to tell you? You know, I may just be I may just be puffing a lot of smoke. I'm just a, I'm just a fan. Some people may say I'm a smart mark, but I'm telling you, man, once these crowds come back and <clears throat> you get some of this, you get some of this, uh, this holy shit moments happening. The only thing saving WWE right now is the fact that there's no crowds. If there were crowds available, I listen, AEW with no crowd is pulling in almost a million people. AEW with a crowd this game would have been over a long time ago and then the bullet club happens and then Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega happens and then maybe Kazuchika Okada versus Kenny fucking Omega in America on national American TV y'all ain't ready for that shit Y'all ain't ready for it. Kota Ibushi coming in. And then you get some of the swerves with Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi because they have history. And then you bring in G.O.D. Man, look, I can go on all day. There's so much that can happen. There's so much that can happen that the world is simply not ready for. They're coming back. And WWE needs to get their act together. Or just have everybody go to SmackDown. Because Raw's not cutting it right now. NXT is good, but it needs a help. It needs a push. And they know that. They just don't want to look desperate. And NXT really is a placeholder. It's there to really stop. Vince doesn't really care about NXT. If we're if we're gonna be honest. I've said this before. But that's my spill. And with that, guys, we're going to take a break. And when I come back, we are going to get into the interview that I have with my friend. Very good interview. Tune in. Stay tuned in to Wrestling With My Thoughts here on the DFPN. And now we're going to break. To hear these episodes completely ad-free, go to www patreon.com slash dat podcast subscribe today for as little as three dollars and you will get all these episodes ad free again that's www.patreon.com slash dat podcast now enjoy the rest of the show all right welcome back to wrestling with my thoughts here on the dfpn once again, I'm your boy, Brad Like a King, Matus, Kelvin Kaylee. Now, this will probably be one of my last shows of the year. I plan on coming back and doing a, um, a year-end recap with all my favorites, the match, the tag team, the uh, wrestler of the year type of thing. I plan on coming back and doing that, um, but if I don't hear back from you guys, I want you to have a very safe and very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Uh, I will be celebrating my 11th wedding anniversary to my wonderful wife. So 
I plan on being out of Dodge and out of the doghouse, but I want you guys to know that I appreciate your support. Thank you for letting me get back here and doing my thing. And yeah, it's been it's been an awesome way to come back, man. Thank you to my wrestling with the uh, wrestling with my thoughts podcast group on Facebook that interacts and gives me a whole bunch of these ideas and I look forward to interacting with you guys. And with that, I am going to get into my interview with my friend Chris the Rocket Paul. You guys enjoy. God bless. You guys see today I have a guest with me. Um everybody or every wrestling fan has a tale if you are a real good wrestling fan of growing up and kind of mimicking the moves at school. So this was one of this is one of the things that you watch raw back in the day on Monday. Tuesday you're probably going out and you're trying to recreate a match. Here with me today is a person I used to do this with um, and reaffirmed my love for the business uh, back in the days and then went off and chased his dream to becoming a professional wrestler, got into the business, uh, was very successful at it, became a 33-time champion, 33-time champion at his at his craft, mastered it, uh, has put over many talent, rubbed shoulders with greatness, and is now here with me to discuss that journey. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris the Rocket Paul. What is up, brother? Big Kevin, what's up, man? It's been a long time, and, and I just got to tell you off the bat, it is such an honor to be here. I love what you've done. I love what you're doing. Uh, you yourself is very commendable. I mean, just by looking at through the camera, you're first class, man. I mean, just look at you. you got sponsors and everything. I mean, this ain't no little deal you're doing. It's a big thing. Uh, it's a lot of work, obviously, involved in it, and so I'm proud of you. Uh, who knew? Who knew? You know, from old Louisiana, who knew? <laughs> yep. Who knew? Who knew? And you know what, man? Like, growing up back then, it's so crazy to say that, well, like, we used to do this, like, because we played football together. Like, we'd be in the field house uh, going over, like, NWO <laughs> matches in the field house. Uh, somebody, was the, somebody was the face. Somebody was the heel. Like, we knew this back then. Um, like, somebody had to be the good guy. Somebody had to be the bad guy. And we like we just put on we put on like matches in the field house. And it's crazy to like look at it back then and be like, I'm going to go do this for real. You know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go get in the ring and I'm going to learn it. Um, that's 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 very commendable, man. Not a lot of people follow up on that. Um, and especially something as you are as is passionate about it, because I know how passionate you were about it back then. Um as passionate as you were to follow up on that love and chase that dream, bro, that's that's very commendable. I, I commend you for doing that, man. Well, thank you, Kevin. I'll tell you, uh, it kind of all fell in my lap. My first wrestling match, my dad and mom brought me to in Oakdale there at the uh, the old rec center, and I cried like a baby because it, so, it was so loud, and I was a baby, but... Uh, <laughs> My, you know, wrestling babysit me, and I, uh, I, I, I told Ric Flair that I told Ric Flair I'd met Ric Flair 
uh, in the back one time, and, and I said, you know, you raised me from a television. And uh, he said, I'm sure your parents was appalled. <laughs> when I would take a trip to see family, I, you know, I had my wrestlers, my action figures, whatever. That's all. I, I didn't have no other toys but wrestlers. I just loved it. And something ca uh, just captivated me. I loved Hulk Hogan. You know, that was in the golden era when I was coming up. And I mean, that was that was Superman, you know. And uh, uh, I, I remember the first match. It was Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff versus two guys. Didn't even know who they were. But, uh, you know, Hogan <laughs> was live and kept colorful. And, and all of a sudden, his friend, Paul Orndorff, hit him from behind. I'm like, what? Right, right, and, right. Yeah. And I was, get you, I was hooked. I was hooked then. <laughs> That's what that's what that's what hooked you in. You know what it was for me? Um, when I finally like figured out who I actually liked, I actually met that person. Um, Junkyard Dog, because you know he's from Louisiana. I actually ran into him in Baton Rouge. Um, we were going to see my brother, and like I knew who he was, and he had just like just popped up out of nowhere. And it like threw me for a loop. And ever since then, like I was like, this is real. Like these people exist. Like I saw him on TV, and now he's real. That's what did it for me. <laughs> I used to, I used to think That's the same thing when I would see a, a lower class come to the Rapids Parish Coliseum, and I would see somebody that wrestled against somebody that wrestled against Hulk Hogan. I'd be like, okay, he's real. Yeah. So Hogan must be real. real. Yeah. I, I thought the yeah. same thing. <laughs> That's but cool, you know, man. In Oakdale, so, um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. In Oakdale, you you never, you know, that you don't think, man, how would I ever get into wrestling? You know, from all the millions of people that want to do it, and uh, I was right. actually I was pastoring a church in Morgan City, and uh, when I tell you, wrestling fell into my lap. Uh, I was introduced to a guy by the name of Psycho Mike, who who owned mm -hmm. a promotion in in uh, Morgan City, uh, GCW Gulf Coast Wrestling, and I oh, that's pretty cool. And I went to meet him, and and uh, I, he took me into his backyard, and he had this uh, big shop fixed up and a wrestling ring in it, and I was marking out like, oh my god, it's a real wrestling ring, and he said, yeah, you want to <laughs> see the belt? Oh my God, it's real bells. Oh, they're heavy, you know. And I was just marking out. You want to get in the ring? I'm like, are you serious? Man, I got in the ring. He showed me a few things. He called his best friend at the time, which was Mustang Mike, who you may know was a former NWA champion and uh, actually North American NWA uh, heavyweight champion also. But uh, he called me and, and I called him to come over and said, man, come take a look at this guy. Little did they know, I've been doing it all my life up to that point, you know. Yeah. Uh, but they, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they refined me and, and taught me the, the psychology of it all and the ins and outs. And it took me about just three months, if that, if that, maybe two months to train. And they threw me to the dogs, man, in my first match. And I haven't looked back since. It just really fell in my wow, lap. Wow. Wow. So that's, that's. Mustang Mike, is, the, is, is he the one that trained you or uh, was it Psycho Mike? Yeah. Well, really, it was Mustang. And, and I'm going to tell you something you'll appreciate. 
in wrestling lineage, as wrestling lineage goes, it was Mustang Mike who trained me. The junkyard dog right. had a hand in training Mustang Mike. And so you could say JYD's my oh, grandpa so cool. in, in wrestling lineage. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, yeah. But uh, I remember yeah, thinking, that's Kev, cool. That's cool. I remember thinking when I first started and, and we just had those little local shows in Morgan City, I'm like, man, if I could wrestle like this, you know, a couple times a year, I'd be doing good, you know, and every once in a while, maybe I can go to another one somewhere. I never dreamed that I would be wrestling in other countries, wrestling all over the United States. Uh, but word got out, you know, and, and I, I guess because I was so energetic, I brought life. And uh, you'll appreciate right. this. You really will. Then how I got Rocket was, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, I remember chasing a guy down. I was outside linebacker, and a guy ran a pitch right out on the other side of the field and took <laughs> off down the field. And I ran, you know, I ran a 4-3 in the 40, you know, and uh, I ran yep, him down yep. chasing I chased him down and tackled him and saved the touchdown. And when I came back to the sideline, Chris Waller said, man, you look like a rocket shooting across the field. And every time Chris Waller would see that, every time he said it was the rocket. And, it, and so when it come time to pick a wrestling name, I said, well, they always call me rocket. So and uh, <laughs> that's it. Yep, I remember that. I remember, I remember how you got the name, cause I remember, um, all, everybody was like, "God damn, he's fast!" Like, <laughs> cause everybody saw you running. It's like he's fast. You know what I mean? Like he's like a rocket. And then you were, you were highly energetic, and um, you did, you did have that energy that you brought to it. So, and that was, that was definitely, that was definitely. You were a, a, a heck of an athlete back then. You know what I mean? Like even in high school, like it just shows. Like you were a heck of an athlete. You you could move fast. Um, you you could think on your feet, and I, I imagine that translated well into the ring because thinking on your feet has to be a strong suit in there, right? <laughs> there is no there is no pause button. I promise you that. Like oh. Uh, <laughs> In fact, you would be surprised, but a lot of guys that, that – and I've trained some folks, and, and a lot of guys, their biggest issue, and you wouldn't think this, but is on offense, what move to do next. You wouldn't think that. You'd right. think, man, if I just get in that ring, I'm going to do this, 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 and it's just not like that. Right. And, and, and right. so you need to be thinking at least three to five steps ahead of where you're trying. If I'm trying to get to a, a, a point C over here, to do this move, you don't just walk from A to C, but you gradually get there from A. You got to go to B, then C. And I don't know if I'm even if that makes sense. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, one move at a time. Now, um, you answered like three of my questions already. How'd you get started? Okay, right. uh, who trained you? <laughs> no, no, you're good. Uh, how'd you get started? Who trained you? Um, what was your first match? My first match was a cluster. It was about five of it in some kind of an elimination style match. 
And uh, I got enough of trying to do it the right way. And I took a pair of brass knuckles. Old boy had me up for a power bomb. While I'm up in the air, I reach in my tights. Of course, I'll never admit this. I reach in my tights. It's it. And he went down, and that was pretty much it. Uh, and I became a heel. I've been a lifelong heel. Only a couple times have I done the whole face thing. And growing up in the locker room in the football field, you want to be cheered. You yeah, want to be cheered. But there ain't nothing. There ain't nothing. <laughs> like looking at a couple in the crowd, a man and his wife, and point at him and saying, hey, you're going home with me tonight. Man, there ain't nothing better than that. You can get away with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Love, so yeah, how liberating was that to be a bad guy and, and oh, like getting people to hate you? Like, and the thing of it is, Kevin, and you know, other folks might not, but I'm really not a bad guy. I'm probably one of the easiest, no, smoothest. Yeah. So they say that your wrestling character is who you really are turned way up, you know. But uh, I don't know that I could be a good guy to be honest with you. Uh, all my moves sit. I mean, I'm dirty. Ric Flair don't have nothing on me. I will rake you and just pull your tights and whatever. Here's my motto. It's only cheating if you get caught. Right, right. And, and from our That's warrior right. days, whatever it takes to win. I mean, you know. <laughs> That's cool. So how much how much of that that mentality did you carry into the to the business with you because you can look at anybody from Oakdale. Oakdale is just uh, it's a it's a place that molds people way differently. And I, I noticed this from every single person from that town that has gone on to to pursue things. They're just we are just wired different. How much of that? How much of that prepared you and was like made you adaptable in the business because that's what Oakdale does. Oakdale makes adaptable people. How did that help you in the business? Well, first of all, I take pride. Now, a lot of people don't, but I love Oakdale, and I'm not saying that because my dad's the mayor, but I, uh, I love where I come from. I'm proud of where I come from and my heritage, and uh, it, it took a lot for me to tell them to announce that I wasn't from Oakdale, Louisiana. That hurt me. Mm. But for the betterment of the gimmick, he's from out of this world, which if you take a right by parts unknown, you'll find out of this world. I was the rocket from out of this world. But I really wanted everyone to know that I was from Oakdale. And as the years right. went by, probably I would say the last three or four years, I, I've been, you know, the, the rocket gimmick's what it is now. And so I just, I, I have them announced that I'm from Oakdale, Louisiana, because I, I'm just, I'm passionate about that. Because nothing really good or big ever comes from Oakdale. You don't hear of many, right. you know, NFL football players that are from Oakdale, Louisiana, you know. Uh, you know, right. Mr. Woods, Mr. Woods there is from Elton, you know, plays in the NFL still today. I think he's with the Seahawks, you know, and that's a big deal, you know, but nothing like that's ever. And so... I just wanted the world to know where if, if I was wrestling in Houston or Wayne, West Virginia against the, the barbarian and the warlord, I wanted people to know that there's a kid from Oakdale, Louisiana that is doing something somewhere. Like, where's Oakdale at? Google it, you know? 
Yeah, Google that shit. <laughs> no, I, I definitely get it. Um, and that's just wanting to make the make the town proud of you. I, I think everybody that comes from Oakdale wants that. You know what I mean? So um, was there anything that entering that just turned you off to the business? Was there ever a time that you was like, I don't think I I want to do this anymore? That that's ever, not or, that's not in me. Uh, that's not even if, if there was if there was a challenge, I'm gonna just knock that door slap open. Uh, you know, I, that's just that's in my makeup as an athlete. You know, there yeah. you, if if you tell me no, then I'm gonna prove it to you. I remember talking about football coach Stainback. I had done something stupid and got on his nerves. Probably wouldn't stop talking, and so he told me just go to the house. Just you you're done. Just leave. And I didn't. I just stood there. Tears swell up in my eyes. You tell me no, I'm gonna do everything I can to to, to prove you wrong, you know, and and uh, that that that's not in me. But there isn't. I, I guess the only thing that 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 you could say about the business that's negative, at least in the indies in the independent scene, is is that you know I've seen stuff like folks, uh, you know, buy their way instead of work their way. Like if you have a a lot of money and you're you're giving that to promoter or maybe you can start your own promotion and your son right. or your brother or your dad or you you know you're the champion and you never lose and, and that that kind of stuff gets old but uh but that's you know politics and i guess that's everywhere i mean yeah that is true but does that really translate on on like to to the crowd like because no for me right for me it's um, like you can tell, and I guess that's just me being a fan. You can tell when someone's being authentic and when they're being forced. You know what I mean? You can tell that. Yeah, and definitely. There, and there's there's no amount of uh, there's no amount of there's no amount of dollars that are going to get you that organic reaction. You can't pay for that. No, so I, I, I must. I much rather appreciate somebody that's worked their way through. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, who was your, uh, I won't say most famous because you've rubbed, just give me a list of all the people that you've got to wrestle. A quick uh, list. No. I, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you some I've wrestled, some I've been in the locker room with. Some that I've become friends with that you would never think that you'd be friends with these people. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to the one man game's house tomorrow and we're going to spend some time wow. together around Baton Rouge. Uh, but like Animal, the, he, he just passed away. Uh, Jerry Lawler, we've been That's on cards crazy, together. Uh, the Barbarian, uh, can I tell you a quick story? Go ahead, man. Go ahead. So I was wrestling in Houston, and it was a pretty big card. And and uh, we're, the the locker room is uh, really a big gym. And you know, in a, in a gym, it's like a pathway to get around. And so uh, I'm in my own business, just happy to be there. And I'm looking at and it's the warlord, and and he's over in one corner. And when I say this. This guy's biceps are as big as my waist. It's an understatement, okay? 
And <laughs> and I look on the other side, and it's the, the barbarian. And he's on the complete opposite side, and he's sitting, he's, he's giving it this. Just, just like this, looking down. He ain't saying nothing. Ain't nobody around him, nothing. And I'm like, man, they're tag team partners. And uh, they uh, they ain't even talking, let alone about no match or nothing. You know, they just, and uh, and I just wanted to kind of get close, closer, get a closer look at the barbarian. And uh, so I walked that little trail around. And as soon as I got close to him, and, and again, he uh, he's sitting there giving it this. And I walk kind of close by, and he goes, like that. Son, you talk about intimidating. <laughs> but look. But after that, uh, and I became friends with the Barbarian uh, in Orlando this past year. I probably worked with the Barbarian and, and the Warlord probably three times. But we've become really good friends. He bought me and my wife uh, breakfast in uh, in Orlando last year, year before mm -hmm. last. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you about you know this is the freaking barbarian. He's a superstar. This dude is one of the first to arrive at the building. He helps set up the ring. Okay, still he, he loves the business. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, he's, he's yeah. a good guy. But you talk about intimidate. Shoo! But I've been in the locker room with Mick Foley, uh, Sam Houston. I've worked Sam Houston. I've worked the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, I've become really good friends with Jimmy Hart, which I love that because he he, he loves Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, he, he's Hulk Hogan's real life manager as well. Uh, he handles his affairs. But uh, and uh, we Jimmy Hart and I have talked on the phone. He did a pro bowl for me to put me over. Uh, he's been uh, he, he was supposed to come to Oakdale to one of our shows, but he couldn't couldn't make it. There was a flight issue. But uh, my wife sold his merchandise for him in West Virginia when we were all up there. Uh, Greg Valentine's another one. He uh, he's quiet. But, uh, I worked with Greg Valentine. Uh, Shane Douglas, you know him. Uh, Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, and Kevin Sullivan's probably the most in intimidating in real life, I guess, just because of, you know, it's Kevin <laughs> Sullivan. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, real good, I'm real good friends with the genius, Lanny Popo. He likes my wife a whole lot, probably more than he should. Uh, we, we, we shared a, a, a hotel room together. Um, I don't remember, but I'll tell you this story, too, about uh, uh, Jim Duggan, Hacksaw. And this is the greatest compliment in wrestling that I ever got. In fact, Greg told me he's never seen athleticism like me before. He, he said that when we wrestled in New Orleans. And I thought that was just ridiculous because he punched me with a big punch. I flew back, landed on my back, flipped over backwards and landed into the turnbuckle. And he just thought that was the greatest thing ever. But uh, back to, uh, to Jim Duggan, this is the, the greatest honor ever for me. The, uh, the biggest compliment. I'm wrestling and I'm teaming up. It's me and Hacksaw, okay? And we're wrestling against Sweet Stan and the one-man gang. And so we're all four out there in the ring. And of all the, the these people they could be chanting for, Kevin, they're all going, rock it, rock it. Right? I'm like, dude, 
And Hacksaw's going, ho, USA. Uh-uh. They're going, rocket. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> and, so, and so Jim Duggan leans over to me. And he says, boy, you're really over here, kid. And so to me, that was those two uh, compliments was the greatest. But uh, David Penzer, you know who he is. To have him yep. announce my name on television in in New Japan, in Japan, man, that was the greatest thing. To hear your name, uh, somebody oh, like man, you. Yeah. Uh, I in wrestled two. Country, too. Sir? That's it, in another country. He's doing this oh, in yeah. another country. Oh, yeah. That I wrestled, has to be surreal. I, rest, I wrestled Tim Storm for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. That was cool. Uh, you know Blue Pants? Do you remember her? I remember Blue Pants. Yeah. Yeah, she's a good me me and her became friends. Uh Rodney Mack, he's a good friend of mine. Like love him right. to do. But this this wrestling he's, thing. He's a boy too. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And Jazz. I love Jazz to death. She's a sweetheart. But this whole wrestling thing caused me also to meet these people that I've looked up to all my life. Uh Sting. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. me and Sting. Stay talked to me for about a real, real quick. Real quick. How, how awesome was it to see him back on TNT for the first time since 2001? How awesome was that? Man, I, I think it's great. I love that stuff, and I hope that uh, they find a good niche for him, that he's able to do something. I mean, if he can go do a little something, great. Uh, you know, but at least do something with him. I enjoy that about uh, AEW uh, because of, mm -hmm. of, of bringing stuff. They have a, to me, AEW has a good mixture of, of the old, the current, and the, the up and coming. So I, I think that's a, a, yeah. a form of success for them. Yeah, but I, met it, 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 I think. I'm sorry. Sir? I, I no, met Steve. And, you know, I guess compared to other wrestlers, when you see him on TV, he wasn't all that much bigger. Sting is freaking huge, okay? I'm telling you, he is huge. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we talked for 30 minutes, and we talked about him coming to, to Christ and his Christianity. And uh, he said it was the, the greatest decision he ever made in his life. I never thought I'd get to meet Sting. I met Hulk Hogan. And just, let me tell you, <laughs> I, he asked me uh, my my wife's name, and uh, I couldn't think of my wife's name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, just, I'm being honest. You know, they say you're not supposed to mark out. Bull crap, that's Hulk Hogan. No, I'm here because of him. And then uh, Ric Flair, <laughs> I told you about Ric Flair. I met the uh, the Bushwhacker. Well, not well, I met Luke anyway. But, uh, man, I just, you know. I, that's all I think about, right? I'm sure there's others. Uh, you remember uh, Kevin uh, Northcutt? I wrestled with him countless times. Uh, he he, uh, oh, yeah. he had in TNA and a few places. Lance Archer, who is in AEW, is a real good friend of mine. I've wrestled with him, uh, wrestled against him, teamed together, uh, and he's doing real good for himself right now, so – uh, but it's just brought really me all the United States and, and parts of the world, and uh, it really just fell in my lap. And, and you know what? And I don't know your stance on all this, but uh, 
that also opened other doors for me. Uh, I've been able to witness mm -hmm. Christ to some of these guys. Uh, we give I give Bible studies before shows. Uh, so uh, it, it, it it's a world of its own, and, and I was just blessed to be able to be a part of it. But after 16 years, I think I'm I'm on my last run. In fact, Kevin, I'm the longest reigning GCW slash GSW heavyweight champion. Uh, I'm in number one and in the number two slot. My first time I held it for four years. And thanks to COVID-19, I've held it for a year now. <laughs> but I'm about done, Kevin. You're going to have to step up and take my place. Man, listen, if I could, I would, but this body has been through its own wars, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I, I hate when people say that wrestling's fake, man. There ain't nothing fake about it, I promise you. I wake up every morning no, and I no. feel it. It is, it is uh, it, and that's, that's another one of my questions. What type of toll did that take on your body? Because to do it and to do it at a high level, and this just throw, I'm just going to ask a question. How many surgeries have you had? Because I know you've had. Well, because of wrestling, I'm lucky enough to say no. Uh, now, I have been in the hospital till 3 a.m. Uh, on numerous occasions, but I've not broken anything. <laughs> I've been busted. I had a guitar shot. I had to see the picture to my head, and it just sliced it back. And I mean, crimps and masks and... Uh, I ran. They ran me to the back, wrapped me up, and I ran back out and finished the match. I kid you not. But uh, wow, you know the people really don't hear me well. Okay, people really don't understand that aspect because they say, "Oh, it's a dance," or it's 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 not fake. I would say it's controlled. But I promise you, those licks and that it, just take one bump and you'll figure it out that 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 canvas is go. not a bed it's not a trampoline by no stretch very little give and it's very unforgiving and i have a hard time walking today i have a hard time standing up straight real real fast uh, it, it, it between football bull riding and wrestling uh i probably have the body i'm 40 years old I probably have the body of a 65-year-old, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, man, it'll get it'll get real, real fast if you start taking bumps. Um, and I have a healthy, I have a healthy respect uh, for anybody who gets in the ring and puts their bodies on the line like that. Um, I have taken a bump. I've taken a couple. And just to just to say I did it, it was not enjoyable. <laughs> it is, and my thing, Kevin, I don't I'm not punch, kick, punch, kick. I get in the ring with a flip, I do the back flips and the, the all that rocket flying and stuff. You know, right. I I'm not just a grounded wrestler, you know. And so that right. my, my finisher is the stinking uh well, I call it the, the rocket launcher, but it's the blockbuster that uh, Buff Bagwell used to would do. You do that every right. night for, for 16 years, you're going to feel that, you know? Right, right. Yeah, and um, just something as simple as, like, somebody clotheslining. Like, that bump is horrible. <laughs> it is horrible. That mat is unforgiving. It is really unforgiving. People think it's like a trampoline. But it's not. 
And if you don't land it right or learn how to land it right, it's even worse. It's even worse. Yeah, it's even worse. And I've seen people with something as simple as that um, concussion for people. Oh, I've I had people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's wild. It's wild how how easy it could it could hurt you. It's and to see people do it and do it at a high level, I have a healthy respect for anybody who does it. Because yeah, and I think who was that that used to say Harley Race used to say, uh, don't do the, the, the diving headbutt. It's bad for your back. <laughs> right? That move looks so awesome. He's like, don't do it, because it's it's horrible for your body. Yes, like uh, Hulk Hogan said he wished he would have come up with a different uh, finisher than the leg yeah. years landing on your butt like that, you know, Jack should, that's why I look at his back, you know yep yes, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's something to be respected man, something to be very very respected, so kudos to you for, for putting your body on the line for our entertainment for all these years, man I love entertaining people, making them laugh Getting them riled up, mad. Uh, but most of my stuff, and a lot of people don't like it, but I like to do comedy because everybody else goes out there and they put their, you know, they tell their story, and, and uh, most of it's the same. I bring something different and something unique. I'm going to make you, I'm going to do something stupid that's going to hurt myself that's going to make you laugh at me. I'm going to get you so mad and worked up that I'm going to turn around and, and you're going to be going, ha ha, you know, who's laughing now? <laughs> And, and I get off. I, I enjoy making making folks laugh and, and then being entertained. That's great, man. Um, so I knew at one particular time, like I was following you uh, throughout this journey, and at one particular time, you had uh, you had tried out for TNA, right? Yeah, I uh, I got. TNA, excuse me, <coughs> it's not COVID, I promise. Uh, <laughs> TNA, they were interested in me, and they were at the time, anyway, this is way back when, but there were three stages that you had to pass, and uh, I had passed one, I had passed the other, and they were going to, it weren't. It was for not no multi-year thing, or, or just, you know, but they just wanted me to come and, and work some matches, and and uh, at the time, and you may have heard a little bit about this recently, uh, but there was a a liability insurance thing, and Terry Taylor, at the, who was over that at the time, he uh, he stopped them from using. I'm gonna say like part time people, but like in other words, if you wasn't under contract, they weren't gonna use you. And, and right, I was right at the of that and uh, he pulled that card and I mean I had passed everything else I was ready to go and uh, uh, they changed that rule right there and uh, and that jacked me up so uh, I don't like the red rooster because of that today <laughs> red rooster so you were yeah. almost in the door and yeah and I was in my prime I was in my prime uh, I had everything going for me and uh, just that little technicality right there, 
And it's not something I was always happy to be wherever I, if I was just going to wrestle in Morgan City for GCW, I was fine with that. You know, the New Orleans called me with old school wrestling. Oh, this is cool. Now I can do this twice a month, you know? And then it went, went, and then you get, you you know, you can wrestle every weekend, two or three times a weekend somewhere. Right. And and I I was hitting on all cylinders and, and, and then this come up and I still have the email. I had the email in fact from tough enough. And I don't remember what happened with it, but I was going to do it. But it's not something that, I necessarily sought after to do. I didn't send them a hundred emails saying, "Oh, pick me, pick me, pick me." If it happened, I was good it's enough. That they, you know, I was good enough that they noticed. The same thing in right. football. Northwestern State offered me a scholarship, you know, but only after I went to their camp. But I wasn't going to go and pursue anything, you know. I honestly didn't think I was good enough to do that, you know. Uh, right. They. They showed interest in that. And, and just knowing that, hey, they were interested in me, I'm good with that, you know? Right, 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 right. But, I, and that that speaks to, and I, I kind of want to change that perception because a, a lot of people that grow up where we grew up kind of have that mentality. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just a kid from such and such. Or I'm just a kid from Odell, Louisiana. Who's really going to be interested? But, if you look at it, like there is a lot of people in our in our town that had so much talent and could have could have done so many big things. And to oh, see yeah. you on the cusp, and to see you on the cusp of that, I mean, that's awesome. That that's really that's that's really awesome. And I I, I looked at it back then, and I was like, someone someone from Oakdale is going to be doing this at a very high level. And I was I was like really happy for you, bro. Like I appreciate I, it. I, I, I just do. to know I that do. just to know that you were that close, I was like, that's amazing. Like I can't wait. I was like, I, I was gonna dish WWE and be like, we got a hometown hometown guy over here at TNA. I'm watching TNA. You know what I mean? Just to see just to see what happens with him. Um, and look, even though get- let, let me no, tell you this. There are two. Here's the here's the issue with this now. Okay, I was born too late. If I'd have been born earlier, I'd have made it because my style is a 1988 smoke-filled bar. You know what I mean? I, and, yeah, and, there's two, yeah. and here's my problem. Number one, I'm short. <laughs> and, and, and that that is a you know that's an issue and and then the second thing is there's two styles okay right if you're working a a local indie show somewhere you're playing to the crowd you're feeling and feeding off the crowd i know right. how i'm gonna start i know what the finish is and if i'm wrestling you look i like to do this watch for this you know you'll tell me that and you go on and that's really all that's planned right. In the big right. league, you have 10 seconds to get from the curtain to the ring. You got five seconds for the match starts. You got this, 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 this. And the whole thing, for the most part, is playing out. I'm not smart enough to do that. I can't remember <laughs> grab this foot, do this, 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 this. Right, right. But I am talented enough 
to be in the ring and what we call walk and talk. And to me, if you're live, working the crowd, that's the best way to go. Because we could have something planned that the crowd's just not into. Because crowds are different in different parts of the country. You know, some yeah. people, yeah. If, you do, if you do comedy in Pittsburgh, they're going to boo you out the building. You know, they're not going to buy that. Down south, they enjoy some of that stuff. You know, and so there's if you if you play to the crowd at a live show, and you 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 know you're feeling after the crowd what to do, what they like, what they don't like, and it works so much better. But on TV, you're playing to the hard camera, and it's just so much so much different. And I honestly, I don't think I would have enjoyed that because I enjoy entertaining. I don't want to be told right. you got to do this, 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 this. And remember all that, and go down there, and it's like you're a machine, and do that. I wouldn't. Enjoy <laughs> you know, you know what? You sound you sound like my friend in Marquette. That's who you sound like, because he's like, I could be here, but I'd rather be doing this because I'm more free. And and that's a very that's that's so respectful, man. And but that's look, very respectful. The the styles clash too. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna name him, but there's one guy who who he he busted his butt. He he's opposite of me. He sent all the hundred thousand emails to these companies. He's went to the training facilities. You know, he went down to Florida and all that. He and, and and he's busted his butt to try to get in, and he is good. But the thing of it is, me and him had to wrestle. Our styles are completely different, and he's right. trying to tell me. The whole he he wants to work the whole match in the back. I can't remember what leg weight when what, and so those styles. So I would do better in in, in nineteen eighty eight wrestling Arn Anderson somewhere. Mm, nice, nice man, and that that is that is very commendable. But to know that you were that you were you were right at the doorstep of that. Um, it's still it's still an achievement on its own, man. Because not not a lot of people even make it that far. So that's still an achievement on its own. So kudos to you for that, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. So what do you got planned uh, once COVID takes his head off the swivel? Well, first I got to see if I'm still the G GSW heavyweight champion or not. Because uh, I, you know. Last I kicked, I was, but you got to defend the title X amount of days, and and with COVID, who knows? So I'm sure I'll be defending that title here pretty soon, probably in Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. I don't know who against, uh, but that's the uh, that's the word so far. Uh, but I'm sure when everything swings, starts swinging back, we'll do that. But I promise you this: it won't be long, and Rocket's gonna hang them boots up. Because Rocket's getting old, <laughs> Rocket's getting tired, Rocket is beat up, and there ain't nothing left for me to do. I've won the ch title 33 times. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm in two Hall of Fames. Uh, you know, there ain't nothing to do, you know, except die, yeah. you know. <laughs> Not in the ring, man. You ain't got to die in the ring, but, you know. I mean, you've done, you've done it all, man. You've literally done it all. So... Do you see yourself going out with a bang, or are you just gonna walk off into the sunset? I would like to have a rocket retires match, one more hurrah, you know, and uh, 
and let it go. And then every once in a while, when I have to scratch that itch, you know, somebody's back against the wall, they're being double teamed. Oh my God, it's Rocket! Kind of like Tony Schiavone. It's Steve! <laughs> it's Rocket! <laughs> Uh, who would you want your last match to be against? If you had to pick I, an opponent, I thought about that so much, but I think it would be only only fitting if I wrestled Mustang Mike one more time. One we more time, hundreds of thousands of times, and back and forth, and, and I, that would be the only one in my mind that would stick out. Now, do you think he'll accept? If he's smart, no. <laughs> if he's smart. If you're listening, Mustang Mike, it's your, it's your call to make. It's your call to make. <laughs> do, do, you know who, do you know who Andrew Anderson is? The name sounds familiar. The reinforcer. He's been hanging with Kevin Sullivan a lot lately. And uh, I think I might be wrestling him, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in Houston defending the title. I think that's what they're setting up. That's a big old boy. Look him up. Google. Andrew Anderson. One of the Andersons. Okay. Big old boy, ain't he? Yeah, he is. He definitely is. You getting in the ring with that? I know, right? Hey, he oh, can't man. hurt me. He can't hurt me if he can't catch me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I mean, you need to be on your game, man. You might have to go back. You might have to go back to the to the old rocket for this one. But look, I tell you what. One thing I learned: if you're the champion, all I gotta do is walk out the ring for ten seconds. Veteran moves. Veteran moves. <laughs> Veteran moves. Keep it, keep it old school, man. Keep it old school. <laughs> I like old school. But, man, that's the best period, man. That's the best period. Old school is the best school. Until the I, new I school becomes old school. I don't know that I would be a fan today if wrestling today was wrestling then. And that's not a knock on people today. It's just a lot different. It's more like it's um, an acrobatic kind of thing, you know? I, I get that. I get that. Um, and a, a lot of it is repeat of what we watched growing up. Uh, a lot of the storylines are kind of like repetitions of what we actually grew up liking. But I'll give you uh, one of the more refreshing uh, wrestling programs that I don't know if they're still active now. NWA. NWA came back and they brought back the old school format, um, which was it was so cool to see it in an old school format with new players and it still had that feel. The storylines yeah. were fresh. I could get into that. Um, another wrestling promotion that's actually um, doing that believe it or not, is Impact. Impact is getting back to the, to the old school ways of how they how they did business when they were popular. And uh, now you're starting to see, I think 
outside of WWE, what you're seeing now is kind of like a revolution because now you're starting to see they're going back to the territory format. And outside of WWE, I can get into that because the territories were where it is <coughs> or where it was. It and it, it was where where all of your it's, it's, it's where all of your favorite wrestlers before they went to WWE like this is where you caught them, and I think that's where AEW is trying to take the business because you're seeing more working relationships with uh, Impact Wrestling and NWA is in there now. They're having the NWA Championship defended on their television um, and cross promoting that. So I think you're starting to get more and more back to the old way, which is refreshing. I needed that. And I'm yeah. starting to get back into it the way I was when we were growing up. Let, let me ask you something, and you tell me if this makes sense. This is my opinion, okay? I know that this is all yeah. money-driven. It's money-based, money-driven. I think the problem with WWE is back in the day, it took them a month. No, that's today. It took – it. It, back in the day, it took them a quarter of a year. It took them about four months to build a story. And it, you got to pay off at the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, or SummerSlam. And, but you right. spent all that time building a story. And what that did was, as a fan, you became invested in that in story. story. Okay? Yep. Nowadays... You have a pay-per-view a month, so you only have three weeks, four weeks, to tell a story and get the fans invested. I feel like if it now I know you know you get more money, I guess, but I feel like it it would be a better product if more time was given to invest in characters. I loved Hulk Hogan. Why? Because for four months I saw him get his tail beat. Oh my God! How's he gonna beat this dude? How's he gonna slam Andre the Giant? How's he gonna, you know, Ultimate Warrior? They told this huge story, and then they had a yep. payoff. You're not interested in the payoff because the payoff is every Monday night. Yep, it's there. It's already there. Well, that and another that thing that another thing that influenced that too. Could you imagine what would happen if we had social media back then? Like the Social media kind of kind of is a monster to storylines because now the now the word is out instant versus back then like you had to wait till you go to school the next day and be like man did you see what happened <laughs> last <laughs> did you see this last night now it's like it's instant I could tell you in like two seconds oh my god turn to TNT because. Sting is debuting right now. Like back then, that would that would have been like a huge week long thing. We had to marinate on this for a week, and the payoff now is instant versus building. And I wish they would get back to that, but I think social media and the way word spreads kind of kind of kills the the kayfabe of it all. You know what I mean? Well, so theoretically, think about it like this. If you if you concentrate on being tight lipped about it, and you go oh, back to oh. the old days if you can, and you're not having people spill the story, I think that it could help you. 
Can you imagine? Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, AJ Styles and, and John Cena feuding for four months with social media. Think about it like that. Think about right. this long feud where you have this. I'll give you a good example. Look what they did with uh, John Cena and The Rock. Did they let that oh, be? They, over built that, they built that over years. Yeah, they built that over two years. And, and so another one, another one that they're doing right now that actually is a good storyline. Um, Roman Reigns in WWE, he's doing the uh, the whole tribal chief thing, and they're slow building it, and it makes sense. And social media is fueling this because there's a lot of Pacific Islanders on social media actually commenting on it, like my family would never do this, but it makes sense. And I think as they get back to these storylines, it would be great. They just have Absolutely. to figure it out. And I think they're starting to figure it out. And I'm going to say this. I'm not saying that there's not talent out there, but there will never be another Bobby the Brain Heaney. There will never no. be. I mean, you look at Jake the Snake Roberts. I mean, that man can cut a promo like I don't, you know, the psychology. The, the golden years is exactly what they were. And, and for yeah. be it social media, be it technology or smarts, just street smarts, whatever the, the situation is, people that are around today don't have that it factor that they had then. There's a few. Yeah. There are. Don't, don't mistake me. But and it might be too, Kevin, because of, you know, that's how we were brought up. And so for us, that's the pinnacle, you know. Um, right, right. But, but I, I don't think that the talent level is there that was once there either. I, and, and I'll tell no, you why. If you if you take a match between Jake Roberts and Randy Savage, they feuded back in the day. You take that match, and you take a, a match of today. I don't know anybody, and you look at just the quality of the match. I don't see hardly any mistakes in Savage and. Uh, Jake Roberts or, or Savage and Steamboat or whoever, or even the Honky Tonk Men and Greg Valentine. I don't see the mistakes made then that are made today. I don't see the big whopping misses. You, you know, the quality, the, 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 the workmanship was so much better back in the day. Yeah, that's true. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing them talk. Back in the day, you know, I, you know, today they have them up against the corner. All right, duck two, give me one, and you see them talking. What is that? Yeah, you know. <laughs> but back in the day, you can see that, like, if they go for a cover, they go for a cover, kick out, boom, lean on them, talk. All right, refresh. Yeah, you can see that. To to the to to a to a to the naked eye, it doesn't look like anything, but you can see where they talking spots. Hulk Hogan. Telling Ultimate Warrior, they're standing nose to nose, and it looks like Hogan saying, "Brother, I'm gonna break you in half." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what really is going on? He said, "Brother, when we get the chilies after this thing, we're gonna break that steak in half, and we're gonna split it." <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, man. But that's all I got, man, for today, man. I do thank you for um for giving me your time today. I know that you're busy. You're a busy guy uh, in the community. Thank you for all that you and your family are doing for Oakdale. Um, 
I didn't even get into that part, but thank you so much for that. Um, I know that you're busy. So doing this and reflecting, it really does mean a lot to me, man. So thank you for, for taking the journey with me today. I appreciate you having me on again, man. It's an honor just to be here. And your first class, everything you've done, the, the look, the feel, uh, everything's first class. And just keep it up, man. And and uh, hopefully we'll get there one day somewhere. One day you'll be announcing in WWE, and I'll come in on my walk <laughs> for for the next gimmick, gimmick battle royal, and you can announce me in the coming. That would be awesome, man. <laughs> Thank that you for having awesome. me, Kevin. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, man. In the show, in the in the story, it ain't much of one, but it's mine. Nah, man. Um, I think everybody needs a story like this, especially especially. I really wanted you on here because, like, one of my first, one of my one of my my deepest fondest memories was like how we used to go in the field house and like like we would actually like put on matches in the field house and like people would be like, these two guys love wrestling way too much. And it, and, it, and we just didn't care. <laughs> so, hey, Jay, and, you remember Jason Winfrey, he ran his mouth about something. I slapped the figure four on him so fast. It made his head spin. <laughs> yeah, man, that was dope, man. And like, just to have like you being around, just was like, I was comfortable being a wrestling fan because you were around, you know what I mean? Because I had somebody else to be like, okay, this guy loves wrestling just as much as I do. Like, I know if, if anybody else, nobody else will probably get it, this guy will get it. Like, I can talk wrestling with this guy, and he's going to understand the conversation. So thank you for being that person, and thank you for chasing that dream and showing me that it is possible to be passionate about something enough to where you want to go chase it. Like I, I learned a really valuable lesson from you um, just by watching. So thank you, Kevin. Um, being, and that's being passionate about something so much that you're going to go chase it. So thank you for that lesson. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you, man. All right, everybody, this is our show. This is Wrestling With Our Thoughts. Come back next week here on the DFPN. We'll do this again live next week. I'll try to get somebody else in here so we can have a good time. Until then, you guys be safe, be smart. Thank you. Out. All right, man.